Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies. And today we're going to talk about the lack of access for pregnant people and those trying to conceive in the U.S. So to have this conversation, I have Natalie Walton. She is the CEO and co-founder of Expectful, a holistic wellness app for hopeful, expecting, and new parents. And Natalie is the mother of her 21-month-old son, Everett. It's a really wonderful conversation. Natalie gives a lot of perspective about her thoughts on healthcare, how to support, uh, how it does or doesn't support pregnant folks, some of the biggest obstacles that pregnant folks face, as well as those that are looking to conceive. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Before we get to that, I am so excited to share some big news. Prenatal Yoga Center is now going to be partnering with Boober. They are an amazing company. I've known the founder, Jada Shapiro, for almost two decades, almost 20 years. And what Boober does is they provide lactation support, birth doulas, mental health therapists, postpartum doulas, classes, and that's where we're going to be working with them. They are going to be providing our childbirth ed classes, our caring for newborn classes, and our breastfeeding and lactation prep classes. I'm so excited to have them as part of the PYC family. You can check them out at the Prenatal Yoga Center website or also at getboober.com. And if you use the code PYC, you'll get 10% off of your first services with them. So good for everyone. Get 10% off. They're now supporting our childbirth education classes. They're going to be online and in person, as well as a lot of our yoga classes. We've had people ask, what direction are we going to be taking things now that the doors are slightly opening more? And we're being extremely COVID mindful. And we have in-person classes for vaccinated folks only, because that is what's happening in New York City right now. And many of those classes are also hybrid, so you can live stream them. And then we have some just live stream classes, and then we have some just in studio classes, a little mix for whatever you are looking for. Also want to remind you that if you haven't yet headed over to our website, prenatalyogacenter.com and taken advantage of our free, I call it our cheat sheet, five simple solutions to the most common pregnancy pains, grab that. So on the days that wake up and you're a little creaky and you can't make it to class, you can still take care of your mind and body. I also want to thank those that have been leaving ratings and review on Apple Podcasts, wherever listeners is from. It helps people find us. We've had a slew of new reviews and I thank you. I thank you so much. And I'm glad that this podcast is supporting you. It makes me happy to know that the conversations that are being had 
help you and benefit you in some way. All right, last thing, and then we're going to get to this conversation. People have been asking, what am I going to do about the winter teacher training? Because I've been waffling a little bit. I've made a decision. It's going to be online. I feel more comfortable with that. So we're already into the September, October teacher training, November, December online, January, February. I made that decision online and then hopefully in person for March and April in New York City. Hope the world comes out of this pretty soon. Okay, that's all I have to go over. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, please enjoy my conversation with Natalie. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Natalie, how are you? Doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited and I'm glad that we have a chance to connect. And I love the topic that you want to talk about, the lack of access for pregnant people and those trying to conceive in the U.S. That is, there's a lot there. So I'm really excited to dive in. But before we get into that, I'd love to learn a little bit about you and how did you get involved in Expectful? Yes. So my entryway to Expectful started um, in my own pregnancy in 2019. Um, I am a black woman and um, I'm someone who has always had an interest in wellness um, starting many, many years ago. And um, I started my pregnancy, everything was going great. um, And Midway through pregnancy, I found out that I was at high risk for preterm labor. And um, this just became very stressful for me. I think it, it's being a high-risk pregnancy is stressful for anyone. But it was particularly stressful because I everything was going according to plan. And I thought, like, I had done everything that I could. Like, why is this happening to me? Um, and... Uh, it got to a point where I was going to the doctor's office like five times a week. And, um, the stress of having a high risk pregnancy was quite frankly, it was, it was a lot to deal with. And, um, I was looking for alternative solutions to, um, help me get through, um, pregnancy. And one of the things that I came across, um, was this app called Expectful. And, um, at the time, Expectful was a meditation and sleep app. Um, and, I got, I started doing the meditations and I got really into hypnobirthing. And honestly, within about a week of doing, um, cultivating this practice, I stabilized, um, which was so remarkable for me because like every week I had been getting worse and worse. I didn't know if I would make it to term, but really integrating this meditation practice and hypnobirthing practice into my pregnancy helped me get to term and, and really like flourish quite frankly. Um, and so that's how I, I became introduced to Expectful was first as a user. And then during my pregnancy, when I was on maternity leave, I had this opportunity to advise Expectful. And then, um, it later turned into a role where I, um, became a CEO. And, um, part of my vision and reason why I came to Expectful was to solve for a lot of the problems that I faced in terms of access, um, to, to healthcare, um, and, and wellness solutions during my own pregnancy. Mm-hmm. 
So you're definitely the person to talk to about this. So let's jump in and talk about health and pregnant folks. So can you talk a little bit about how you see the current healthcare system, especially as you got deeper into Expectable and you saw this lack of access and how it supports, or I guess can say sometimes doesn't support pregnant folks? Yes. So, I mean, there's so many layers of this, of like, access to healthcare. And, and I'll talk about like how I, I see this. I mean, first, if, if we look at the U.S., I was reading March of Dimes said that um, the U.S. is the worst place to be a pregnant person in the developed world um, in terms of mortality rates. And like, that's a really, I think that's a really scary stat considering all of the resources you would think that we would have in the U.S. But um, I mean, I think the reality is like there is a problem for just basic healthcare um, for mm-hmm. a lot of people. And I think that's, I mean, it, that's such a complicated thing. It's related to insurance and employer support. Um, so that's like one problem, but there, there are other problems too. Um, like, I mean, I think one of the problems that I, I see and that I'm trying to solve is just awareness around what solutions exist outside of your OB. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's a big problem. Like, I didn't realize how important acupuncture could be to pregnancy and simple things like massage and, and the right nutrition. Um, like these are things that just aren't talked about in your 15 minute appointment in the OB. And then the third thing I would say, and this is, this is a more troubling thing. And I don't think people talk about this enough. And that's the fact that even people that do have access to, to um, tools like lactation consultants and pelvic floor therapists. I think that there is a cultural stigma around utilizing these services to get relief in, in, in pregnancy and new motherhood. Um, there's kind of, I think, a stigma where people, women feel like they just, you know, they need to suffer or like people don't talk about what's going on and like that there actually are tools to alleviate these problems. And so when I view access to healthcare, I think that there are three like different problems that are fate that's facing the system. And I mean, they're, they're very different problems and different solutions, but um, I mean, all around it, it's kind of a dire situation. Mm, yeah. I would love to time, talk more about the, the stigma because I, my lens is a little different because I'm very much in the perinatal world and yeah. we talk about constantly pelvic floor PTs. And I love that my students are like, I saw a pelvic floor PT and I'm like celebrating that. So I don't see that stigma. I'm not saying it's not there, but it's interesting that you brought it up because I'm so enmeshed in the perinatal world that honestly I hadn't realized there was a stigma. I thought it was more people had just never heard of a pelvic floor PT. I was working with a a new student who was out in California and she's like, I went to see a PT and he told me I should just do as many Kegels as I can a day. And I said, was it a pelvic floor PT? She's like, no, it was just a, it was just a sports PT. And so, and I'm like, can we break this down and talk about it a little bit more? So we, we had a chat about the difference and I don't know if it's that it's a stigma or if it's just not people don't know about. They, you know, you don't know what you don't know. I guess there can sometimes be an embarrassment about talking about incontinence again in, in my world of pre and postnatal yoga. I'm like, how's your pelvic floor? Are you peeing yourself? So like, I put it out there, but I guess maybe it's more of an embarrassment. Do you think that that could be part of it too? 
No, I, and I love what you're saying because it's interesting. Like we talk, we talk to a lot, or I talk to a lot of our experts and people that are in uh, the space. Like it's, it's hard to, to kind of like distill what is the problem going on. I think that you're right. Like education is still, that's probably the biggest problem, but perhaps a stigma is not the right word. Um, I think that when you look at, let's look at the pregnancy journey. Um, so much of the pregnancy journey and new mom journey is centered around the baby mm-hmm. and not the mom. Yeah. And I think that there is a stigma around, you know, what you need for yourself. Like just let's look at the registry process. Everything in your registry is like centered around your baby. It's like, how many swaddles do you need? How many onesies do you need? But no one really thinks about like, you know, you're, you're going to need PT, you're going to need um, like pelvic floor therapy. Like you're probably going to need a lactation consultant if that's, if you want to breastfeed. Um, And it's, it's not necessarily like a stigma that I don't want to use this, but it's more that view. It's a skewed view that like, it's okay to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. um, and that you don't have to suffer. Um, And so I think one of the things that I see in talking just to the thousands of women on our platform and surveys and whatnot is, is, is even after having education, knowing that these, um, these resources exist, it's more, there's kind of like a shame in, in um, thinking like that, that they actually should take care of themselves. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I could, I can see that. I can definitely see kind of that guilt in it. And then I will also say, I think, you know, finances can play a huge role. I don't mm-hmm. know too many pelvic floor PTs that do cover insurance and it's very expensive. I mean, I don't know. I can only speak from the area in which I work in, but lactation consultants are not covered by most insurances. Finally, breast pumps are, um, but that yes. can definitely be something that gets in the way, which let's bring to obstacles. What obstacles are people facing and improving, or what are the biggest obstacles in improving access to maternal health care that you're seeing? I think, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but you're, well, you are exactly right. Is that, I mean, that finances is a, is a difficult that it's definitely a difficult thing to swallow. Like if you see something, let's say like a, if you want three pelvic floor therapy sessions and you, and you have to pay like $1,200, I mean, it, it's expensive. Um, I, 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 I was fortunate. Like I found one the, a therapist that t- t- took insurance, but you know, it is, it's a pricey. It's not something that that's available for everyone. Yeah. Um, let, let's just put that out there. So, so you're, you're right. Like that, I mean, that is a part of the access and maybe that means like for some people, maybe getting that pelvic floor therapy means that it's something that you don't get to spend on for your baby, which is a difficult pill to swallow too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's about prioritizing, but I mean, in terms of the solutions here, I think, um, I mean, a big part of it is, is healthcare and, um, like having insurance pay for, for these, um, you know, very necessary things like breastfeeding, um, and, and access to a lactation consultant on um, the mental health aspect of, of, um, pregnancy and postpartum is, is really critical. So I think insurance improvement, we're seeing it with some employers, like the biggest employers, um, but I think that that's another way where we can see help is like having employers um, either sponsor, they provide like stipends to access these tools. And then I'd say like one is, is getting back to the cultural shift is that if 
I think more women spoke about the challenges that they face and how real the need is for getting um, a mental, getting mental help, um, or getting, getting, seeing a therapist after mm. pregnancy um, and postpartum. I, I think if more people spoke about that and we had a, a shift to where like, this is something where we included in our registries and we had our, our community support us in this, like, I think that that would be a, a beautiful generational shift um, that could enable people. So it, it's, it happens on so many levels. Um, and I, and I hope, I'm hopeful that in the, the upcoming years, we see this transition to, you know, sponsoring these very necessary tools um, for mothers. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like some of the obstacles, and I was kind of thinking back to my, my conversation with my own mother as we, as I started being a parent, some of the obstacles can be different generation, different views on this kind of help. Like I remember telling my mom that I was getting um, an IBCLC to help me. She's like, well, we did go to Let Leche League, but what's an IBCLC? Like the baby should just go to the breast. So there's like a misunderstanding. I also think, you know, it was many years between when she breastfed me and when I had my own child. So I think there could be a little mind gap, but do you think part of it could be generational and certain communities support different, um, aspects of mental or mater- sorry, not mental maternal healthcare and, and put the idea of like, yes, you should go look into your pelvic floor or yes, you should breastfeed. Do you think those are some obstacles that people face? I do think that that is definitely for sure. I mean, I think anyone that was like, you know, born, I I think looking at our, our parents' generation compared to ours, um, there are definitely generational, um, differences. I think that that, that is absolutely correct. I think that, um, depending on where you live, like that is, I live in San Francisco where people are very much into wellness and people are talking about this and, um, mom groups, um, like, you know, access to the mental health and, um, access to uh, pelvic floor therapy. Whereas I know that a lot of our users who live, um, in other places don't have those conversations. So I think that it is dependent on where you are. I think that, I mean, there, it also is just like a bigger thing where so much of being a new mom, you don't really know about it, like how challenging it can be until you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of like the biggest feedback that I get is, is there's a lot of people who are like, why didn't anybody tell me this? Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, there is that generational part, but there is this thing where it's like your peers aren't really talking about it. Um, maybe it's because people think that like, this is just what it is, but like, you know, it isn't normal, like to pee when you laugh, like that's something that, you know, I think people just assume that not everyone, but some people assume like this is just a normal part of being a new mom. And it's because there's a lack of conversation around what's normal. What can you get help for? Um, so there's many, I think, challenges into improving the situation. Mm-hmm. Where are you seeing the greatest lack of access to proper prenatal care? Because I think that is something that we know some of the statistics of um, black and brown people of compared to white counterparts. It's just the statistics are crazy. I think the last I saw was um, a black or brown person was four times as likely yeah. to die in childhood and twice as likely to have a preterm babies when you were saying that they were saying your baby might be preterm I was wondering if that was some of some of the statistics where you were falling into that 
Yeah. I mean, it, it's, for me, this is like such a complicated, it, it's, I, I spent so much time after being the statistic. Um, and I think oftentimes like people do look at, um, black and brown communities and think like that access is part of the reason why, um, I think black and brown women have worse outcomes in, in childcare. And for me, this, or excuse me, not childcare, childbirth. Um, and that was something like when I, I mean, I, I look at myself and I look at people like Alice and Felix and I look at Beyonce and Serena Williams, like these women have access to anything that they could possibly need mm-hmm. yet. They also almost died um, in childbirth or had really terrible outcomes. And similarly, like I had access I, I was on like the best insurance that you could have. I w- had multiple doctors in San Francisco. I was at a level four NICU and um, like had a doula, had everything that that I could want. And yet I still faced this outcome. And, and so I started looking into this to understand like, why is this happening to highly educated, um, like financially like stable um, black women? And um, I mean, it's really, I think that racial inequities in childbirth are so complex, but a lot of it does come down to systemic racism um, and not actually access, which I think a lot of people do think that it's access, but there's there quite a few studies that it is more that, I mean, a big con- contributing factor is that uh, around racism, which is such like a, a hard thing to dissect. And I think where it really boils down to is not really being listened to by Mm -hmm. doctors and not being taken as seriously. And I'd say like, as, as just a sample size of one, that was something that I faced, um, on my entire pregnancy. But there is, I think a lot of, um, people do feel that it's, it's access, it's income, it's, um, education, that that is what's hurting, um, outcomes in, in black and brown communities. But I really, it's much more complex than that. And it's a, it's a a systemic racism that's going to take a long time to fix. I completely agree with everything you just said. And thank you for saying it so, uh, understandably. Like I really followed that. Thank you. Okay. I have, I have more questions because you know me. I'm one that likes to, uh, to prep. So if someone feels they don't have proper prenatal access, what steps and suggestions do you have for them to try to obtain it? Yeah. I mean, this is, I think this is a great question and, um, it's a difficult question because I think part of what we discussed is that I think one of the limiting acts, one of the limiting features is, is, is like around income and access through uh, access to healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but that being said, I do believe that like on a local level, there are, um, I mean, I know where I live, there are programs that do offer pretty amazing prenatal access, um, to people that can't afford it. And so I'd say, I mean, well, I don't want to recommend the Google rabbit hole. There are some really great tools out there. Um, particularly like I can speak to those for women of color. Um, there's, there's like a great New York times article, um, that was published, I believe last year, um, for black women that are birthing with resources. Um, there is a company called earth, um, that is from Kimberly, um, uh, Seals Allers. And that, that is, that's a company that I love because it's birthing without bias and it, it shares information about, um, doctors 
um, and people in the medical community that have had good, that have had, um, that are more favorable for women of color. Um, and I think that that's like part of the problem there is that if you feel like you don't have the right access, it might be that you're not taken seriously. And so maybe then it's time to look at a different doctor. And so I'd say like, those are that New York Times article is an excellent article. Earth is an excellent article, um, is an excellent resource. Um, and then I think from there, it's just talking to people in your community that are like you that can help you recommend resources because they do exist. It's just sometimes it's difficult to find. And I actually have a pretty good list, um, that I will make sure of resources that I think that can help brown and black communities. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. So thank you for bringing up earth. Um, I had Kimberly on the podcast when she was talking about her book, I think it's called the great letdown. She is fantastic. She is sharp. She is fierce. She is knowledgeable. I adore her. So I'll make sure, I'll make sure Earth is also. Oh, and if anyone's listening, they haven't heard it. It's, it's I-R, I-R-T-H. Yes, like birth, That's, but with yeah. the, I'm like, I had to like see it in my mind and then spell it out. <laughs> All right, we're going to take yeah, a Yeah, she's a fantastic human. Um, so I think that that's great. Yes, Earth, it's, I think, birth. Without the birth B. Without <laughs> a little like visualize it and then spell it out. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to talk about uh, what does evidence show for those who are not able to, uh, to obtain proper health care. We'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so <laughs> we're getting deep. Thank you for going there. Um, what yeah. does the evidence show for those who are not able to obtain proper care during pregnancy compared to those who are provided high-quality patient-centered care? Yeah, that, I mean, that's such a great question. And I, I think, I mean, there's a lot of studies that we, we could talk about, but the, the results are bad. <laughs> I mean, I think just to put it lightly, like I, I read a lot of research in, in my role. And, um, I mean, it, it's here, let's take, for example, lactation. Yes. Um, I mean, there's a study that shows, that 92% of new mothers struggle with breastfeeding. And that, I mean, that means like, that's a huge percentage of people. And I think like speaking from personal experience, it's really hard. Um, And I think if you look at breastfeeding, a, a, a lot of people don't have access to that comprehensive care where mm-hmm. that might entail a lactation consultant. I think you, you brought it up with like, your your own mom and and how this is something that you were doing and it's like without that care 
um, that comprehensive care, people are like, they're more likely to stop breastfeeding um, earlier. And I think that that's something that we see just referencing Kimberly, like that, that's something that she talks about in, in her book and like black breastfeeding week as to why um, black women, the, the rates at which black women breastfeed as compared to white women are, are much lower. And it's because of that lack of care. So it's, it's not just in lactation, but it's all around care. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's just if you don't have that access to 360 care, it, it um, really impacts the baby. It impacts the mother. It impacts the entire family. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay, we're going to shift gears and talk about conception. So as I was preparing for this, I was reading as much as I could about the options and those that don't have access to try to conceive. And just from a personal level, one of my closest friends was uh, she went through IVF in Massachusetts. And then I had another really good friend who was going through around the same time in New York. And what I learned is that my friend in Massachusetts, it was covered pretty much like 95% by insurance. I don't know if that was just her insurance, but I think it was Massachusetts. And then my friend in New York, none of it was covered. I was shocked about how expensive it was. So I was really, I couldn't believe that burden of it. Talk about access to the possibility of conceiving that financial burden. But I also read that up to 10% of people received some sort of medical care to become pregnant, which I thought was much higher. Do you have any statistics on any of this? Yeah, I mean, I think I believe that. I mean, the statistic that that comes to mind is like one in six couples struggle to conceive. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that, I mean, one in six is, is quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I know that, I mean, so, so conceiving is, is very, it's difficult. And, um, for us on our app, like a lot of our users skew on, I mean, not even older, like I, I would be calling myself old, but like, and, and it should just say like not the youngest phase of life where um, that becomes a little bit where conceiving becomes a little bit more challenging and you might need a little bit of help. And so, I mean, in terms, I don't have the exact number. I, I haven't come across a number um, exactly of how many people do receive assistance, but I do know with um, with miscarriage rates as, as high as they are. Mm. I mean, I, I've seen different rates. I don't know what rates you've seen, but anywhere from like one in five pregnancies can end in a miscarriage. And you see one in six couples struggling to conceive. Um, I mean, it's pretty clear that this isn't something that comes easy for everyone. Right. Yes. I, yeah, I think I saw, what, oh gosh, it might have been one in four pregnancy. Maybe it was one in five, but you're right. It absolutely is not, which is funny because, kind of a side note, I remember before wanting to have kids, always being afraid of getting pregnant and always being convinced I was pregnant. And then when going for it, it was definitely um, much more complicated, not as easy as I thought it would be. And I don't yeah, think I'm I mean, there's there. not like... <laughs> It's it's kind of like you just don't know until you you're ready, and sometimes that might be not the ideal time for your body, even though that might be like the ideal time in your life. And so it's a really complicated thing. But there's, I mean, that's something also I think is is around talking about shame and stigma. Yeah, a lot of um, the support groups that we have on our platform form talk about um, are, are there for women to talk about that journey because I think that 
that shame and stigma around trying to conceive um, because it's not talked about enough mm-hmm. can sometimes make the process more difficult for people, um, which is a terrible thing um, because it's, it's, there's no, there's no shame in, in, in it. Um, yeah. So it's, I, I, I hope that as a society, we're opening up to around the challenges and that a lot of people do need assistance um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I can totally understand about the shame and the stigma and the what's, especially if you had, I remember I had, I had two miscarriages and I remember just, and, and I teach pregnant people and I had to be in class teaching people that were pregnant after just having a miscarriage and just being like, what was wrong with my body? Why did my body do this? And even though I knew logically these things happen, it still was very hard to be there and almost and and angry at my body. And I can see that that happening with a lot of people and they're trying to conceive and it doesn't work. Kind of angry like why is this so hard for me? So what are some of the factors that make getting assistance in conception inaccessible? I mean honestly I think that this gets back to insurance. Like I would I think and this is what I don't like. And you know tell me if you think that like I'm on the right track here, but I think that a lot of the factors that make getting assistance in, uh, around conduction inaccessible is due to financial access. I, I, I think that's what it boils down to is as someone who has like, I, I've worked in the tech sector for the last decade, I think maybe around 2012 or 2014, I started seeing um, all of the benefits pop up in like these big corporations where they're offering the ability to freeze your eggs or offering assistance with IVF. Um, and I'm starting to see more of a trend on that from the employer side. Um, but I, I, it's something where I still don't see a lot of, um, support on the insurance side. And so that means that if you don't have a generous employer, it does kind of seem like you're out of luck. I mean, there are some, I think, local programs that might help, but, um, it, it really seems like the, the only people from what I've seen that are, that are really trying to solve this access problem today are employers. Um, and, and that's troubling because not everyone has access to, to those employers that will pay for rounds and rounds of IVF. Yeah. Oh, it breaks my heart. Yes. Yes. And then I also, I was thinking I did a podcast with the LGBTQ community and they also can have a lack of access because insurance doesn't quite know how to support that all the time as well. So I remember reading here, having uh, Beth tell me about that and be like, oh, you're totally right. And um, it, I realize that I'm privileged in the fact that I didn't have to have that and it wasn't in my realm. So um, I just want to put that as a factor as well for those that I want to recognize that can be, that can be um, an obstacle for inaccessibility. Of course. Yeah. And I mean, that is, if you, if that is absolutely um, an obstacle um, that, that I've seen, and I think or on that too, it's just like, I mean, there are different options um, like of, of can, of how to conceive and really fully knowing all of your options too. Yes. So there's like an education piece there, but um, I mean, that it's, I think anyone that wants to have a, a child should have that access. And I hope that this is something that our system um, changes and, in the, as soon as possible. So this next question I think is going to be right up your alley. Um, so what are some ways someone can enhance their chance of conception? And I'm guessing Expectful has some ways they can help. 
Yes, no, this is question is right up my alley. You're correct. So um, earlier this year, I interviewed a professor um, in New Zealand. His name is Greg Anderson, um, and we we recorded um, a podcast around some of his research that just came out around the impact of stress and fertility. And he's one of the he is one of um, the first researchers that really is able to point to. Um, stress having an impact on fertility. And um, it's not just mental stress, although that is absolutely one. I mean, stress can come in so many ways. Like it could be weight as a stress. Um, It it could be like hormonal stress. There's so many different types of stress. But I think what was clear about his research is that stress does have an impact on fertility. Mm -hmm. And in my conversation with um, Dr. Professor Anderson, it was interesting because he went so far as to say that, like, you know, if you're in a job that is stressful, like, and conceiving is important to you, like, you know, starting to think, like, maybe you should think about, you know, reducing that stress, however it might be, like, perhaps it's leaving that job or finding something that is more flexible for you. Um, and of course, I think one of the things I'm excited about and how it helped me in my pregnancy, and there's a ton of research around this, is that meditation um, also does improve chances of conceiving. And meditation also, um, there are a lot of studies that show that people that meditate have less anxiety and stress in um, pregnancy and postpartum. Um, and so overall it's like finding ways to reduce stress, whatever it might be for you, um, is really critical. And that's one of the things I'm excited about that that we bring to people, um, through expectful is is an easy way to get that meditation, um, that's specifically designed for like, if you're trying to conceive or, um, like daily, we have daily pregnancy meditations. Um, so let's say you're on week 17 and day three, like we have a meditation that's designed for exactly what you might be going through on that day. Um, but it is important to cultivate those practices to reduce stress. Yes. I think anything that reduces stress is good for trying to conceive, for during pregnancy, for postpartum, for for life. Um, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get easier. No. It, it just changes. Right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, what is one tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer to new and expectant parents? We'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are back. All right. So you've worked with a lot of parents. You are a parent. So is there something popping into your mind that you want to share that you wish someone had told you? Yes. Um, someone did tell me this when I was pregnant and I wish I had like heeded her advice earlier, um, because I spent many weeks and months trying to, to understand that. And, and that's, um, 
you know, when you're in your pregnancy um, and early parenthood is figuring out a way, a system for you to help deal with the unknown. Um, I think that for so much, so many of us, we like to control our lives. Um, and if you have that mentality going into pregnancy and new parenthood, I think it's really setting someone up for disappointment. Um, it was something that set me up for disappointment very early on when I found out I was at high risk and I had zero control over anything. Um, and so for me, one of the ways that I learned to navigate the unknown was through meditation, but it could be through journaling. It could be through support group, but I think cultivating that really early on is critical because, um, every day I'm thrown, uh, something new and my ability to cope with that change, um, has really just been key to me being a parent and really as a survival skill. Yes, I, I completely agree. All right, where can people find your work? And I know that you have a special offer from Expectful for Yoga Birth Baby listeners. Yes, we do. I would love all of Yoga Birth um, Baby listeners um, to to check out Expectful. We have a special offer where people can try Expectful for a month for just a dollar. Um, and where people can find us, we're at expectful.com. On Instagram, we're at Expectful. Um, we're also on the Android and uh, Google App Store. And so I recommend um, checking us out and seeing how we can help support you through your fertility, pregnancy, um, or parenthood journey. Amazing. So if for the yoga birth baby listeners, how can they take advantage? That is very generous. Just a dollar. That is less than a cup of coffee. When do you hear anything like that? How can they take advantage of that? Yes. So I will send a link in the show notes. Um, we have a special page, um, a yoga birth babies page. And so I will make sure that we get that to you and that it's linked in the show notes for people to check out. Okay. Oh, this is wonderful. Thank you so much for being so generous with your conversation and your knowledge on this topic. It's a deep topic and I know we just kind of scratch the surface, but you gave a lot to chew on and think of, and I really enjoyed this. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.